Hello, everybody, and welcome to From the Heart. I am your humble host, Cannonball. Coming to you from beautiful Lake Tyrone in Heartland, Michigan, smack dab in the middle of Michigan's 8th Congressional District. With all these elections coming up right around the corner, today we're going to talk about the primary elections and the candidates seeking the nomination to eventually face off with liberal Alyssa Slotkin. As of today, the five candidates running are Mike Dittmer from Howell, Christina Like from Fowlerville, we have Alan Hoover, I think he's from Ortonville, and then we have Nikki Snyder, who is from the 7th District, Dexter, Michigan. And then we have Paul Young, who is seeking the nomination, and he's from California. Paul Young has lots of California money. In fact, he's proudly boasting that he's raised close to $270,000 from his rich California donors or money that he's dug out of his own pocket. It's important that we pick the right candidate. It's important that we send the right person to go and defeat Alyssa Slotkin. And such a person has to be someone we can trust, somebody that's conservative, and somebody that understands this district. So which one of these five candidates is actually best suited for the job? Which one will do the best at defeating liberal Alyssa Slotkin? Well, after watching two debates, the Livingston County and the Ingham County debates, I am quite certain that Mike Dittmer is the man for that job. The other candidates seem nice. They seem like good people. Even Paul Young seems like a decent guy. But this isn't about nice. This is about who's best suited to represent this district, this 8th Congressional District. Well, without a doubt, Mike Dittmer is the one that measures up. Now, Mike is a constitutional conservative. Uh, Mike is the guy that is going to stand the best chance because he'll get the most support from the conservatives in the district. Livingston County is a very strong conservative district, and Oakland County is pretty conservative, the northern part where our district is. Ingham County has a fair amount of conservatives and has some liberals around the fringe area of Lansing. In the last election, uh, Mike Bishop, who was our congressman before, got 33,000 less votes than he got in 2016. Now, we had some bad stuff going on then, if you remember. Um, the Democrats had their fake dossier and their fake investigations, the Mueller report. You know, there was some wiretapping going on that was um, underhanded, unconstitutional, and illegal, and flat-out un-American. And we have to sit back and we have to look at the results of the 18 elections with a grain of salt, but under a magnifying glass. Alyssa Slotkin barely won this district. I think it was by 
she was expected to lose. When I went to bed that night, I was certain Mike Bishop got reelected. Of course, we all know what happened by the time we got up the next morning. Alyssa won by about 12,000 votes, I think. And it was all around Ingham County. I think it was a whopping 39 points she won by. In Livingston County, I know um, we had some, uh, we had lower voter, voter turnout. And the lower voter turnout allowed for Alyssa Slotkin to sneak in. And I think she might have got some crossover votes, too, from people that, well, let's say were fooled by the lies she told when she was running for office. The one time I can think of where Alyssa Slotkin actually told the truth is when she stood up on the stage at the Democrat convention and said that she, uh, oh, what was the quote? It's got to be... Party before country always. She tried to walk that back, but it's too late. That cat was out of the bag. And her actions prove that she is all about party before country always. Melissa Slotkin's voting record is to the left of Ocrazio Cortez, to the left of crazy nutjob Tlaib Dearborn or even to the left of un-American Omar. And what I don't understand is even how these people get elected into office. I mean, you got to be blind to vote for people like this. But here in our 8th District with the Republicans that are running, we got to make sure that the candidate we elect is going to pull the grassroots out to vote. And that's why. I'm supporting Mike Detmer for Congress because he will definitely get people to the polls. The establishment seems to think that we need a candidate that will reach across the aisle. And I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. Um, for one, Alyssa Slotkin is very popular with her Democrat base. So why would they want to cross back over? They are all about party before country. Um, they support impeachment 100%. Um, they're all about getting rid of President Trump, not working with him. Melissa Slotkin is just like the people who support her, especially her liberal California donors, who, uh, well, let's just say donated 80% of her money. You know, uh, Melissa Slotkin was handed millions of dollars to take over this district. She was sent here by Nancy Pelosi and she was funded by Liberal California and, of course, Bloomberg. That's right, Bloomberg the billionaire that is right now trying to buy the Democrat seat. And why would he think that he couldn't? Because Alyssa Slotkin sure bought this seat. She doesn't represent this district at all. She represents her godless liberal California donors. As a Christian, as a conservative, Melissa Slotkin just disgusts me. She's not a moderate, and she's not a veteran. There's something wrong with someone that claims to be a veteran. As a combat engineer, I find it disgusting that somebody like 
Alyssa Slotkin would claim to be a veteran, yet never served. She might be married to a veteran, and she might have children or stepchildren that serve in the military today, but that doesn't make her a veteran, and she's got no right to claim veteran status or to make people think she's a veteran, because that's what she's doing. Going back to the first debate, Mike Dittmer was clearly the winner here. Paul Young tried to establish himself as a man who was appointed by the Trump administration. Problem is, there's no record of an appointment. I believe he worked for immigration. He applied for a job and was hired for a job, and I think he worked there for 18 months. But the question is here, is the words he chose to use in public. He's telling the public that he was appointed by the Trump administration. The only thing is, there is no record of it. We're not arguing that um, Paul Young did not work for the government. That's, that's not what we're saying. Yes, we do believe that Paul Young worked for the government. Problem is, there's no evidence he was ever appointed. So the question here now has become, is Paul Young lying to the people of this district? And if so, why is he lying? And what else would he lie about? Now, before you go off the deep end and say, oh, you're calling Young a liar, I'm pointing out that there's no proof of what he claims. He could be lying. I think he's lying. But I'm not exactly pointing the finger and calling him a liar. I'm telling you the possibility exists that he is a liar. And I just don't believe him. Nobody as of yet has bothered to provide any lick of proof that Paul Young was appointed to office. And I find that concerning. His supporters are spinning in circles, putting up all kinds of irrelevant stuff about appointments and about um, him working for the government. But there's absolutely no proof whatsoever that he was appointed as he claims. And that's the issue. Folks, we just want to know if he was appointed. Is it the truth or is it a lie? And it's up to Paul Young now for him to dispel this, for him to put an end to it. He has the power to do it. The question is, will he? What Paul Young needs to realize, as someone who just parachuted into our district, you have to show us you deserve this seat. And you're not showing us anything. Paul, you're just showing us that you have lots of money. Big deal. Another candidate that I take issue with is Nikki Snyder. Nikki Snyder lives in the 7th District, not our 8th District, and she's on the State Board of Education. Nikki's record on the State Board of Education is dismal. Uh, she seems to vote with Democrats or abstain. I don't see her fighting these wacky ideas of the Democrats. In fact, recently, Nikki seconded a motion to bring up an issue to the floor for a vote, not once, but four times. 
and this was to give illegal aliens driver's licenses. Why would somebody second a motion four times to vote to give illegals driver's licenses and then abstain from voting? This is insane. I don't know what Nikki Snyder was thinking. Perhaps she's better suited just to be a nurse and stay home and raise her kids. Because as a politician, she would be a disaster. Hello, folks. Are you tired of carpet baggers and rhinos? Well, so are we. Mike Dittmer is a constitutional conservative, and he'll stand up and fight for your constitutional rights. In fact, he'll push back. It's time we send somebody to Washington, D.C. to stand up for our conservative values and fight the liberals and push back. Let's take back the country. Vote for Mike Dittmer for Congress here in Michigan's 8th Congressional District. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is From the Heart. I am your humble host, Cannonball. We have our first caller, Cindy from Howell. How you doing, Cindy? Hey, Cannonball. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm doing just fine. So, so you support Mike Detmer. Can you tell the listeners why you support Mike? Sure. I support Mike Detmer because he is a 100% true constitutional conservative who will go to D.C., and defend our constitutional rights. The uh, We have legislators who have been for years chipping away at our rights, one piece of legislation at a time. And if they continue down this path, eventually we won't have a constitution or any rights. Mike is the person who will go and defend that constitution and defend our rights with every fiber of his being. I believe that wholeheartedly. I also believe he is the only candidate in the 8th Congressional race who can beat Alyssa Slocken in a debate. He is uh, sharp as a tack. He's quick on his feet. And he knows Alyssa Slocken's voting record off the top of his head. So she's not going to be able to pull any of this... Um, you know, this uh, double talk that she likes to, to use with uh, convincing the voters that she's, you know, something that she isn't. Let's just say she ran as a moderate, and we know she's very far left. So Mike is going to pound her on all of that stuff, and he will not hold back. And that's what we need. We need a fighter like that. We need a fighter like that on that debate stage with Alyssa Slocken, and we need a fighter like that in D.C., well, it sure does seem like Alyssa Slotkin tells a lot of lies. If I'm not mistaken, didn't she even admit somewhere on a blog that um, she had a voting record that was to the left of Cortez or Tlaib? Or... Well, if you look at Alyssa Slotkin's voting record, you can go on um, Congress, uh, the Congress website and... Um, you type in Alyssa Slocken, it, and then the page will come up, and you'll see all of the legislation that she has voted on or co-sponsored. And you can see that she's very far left. 
she fits right in with with uh, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and um, Ocasio Cortez. So, Cindy, you say Mike is the fighter that we need in D.C. What makes you believe Mike is such a fighter? So, we got to see a little bit of Mike's fighter spirit at the Livingston County uh, Republican, you know, the Livingston County Republican Candidate Forum. <laughs> uh, so, we got to see a little bit of that uh, fighter spirit when he called out Paul Young for... Um, being uh, disingenuous with his statement saying that he raised $273. Well, uh, so we saw Mike call him out on that, right? Because we know by looking at SEC filings that Mike, or I'm sorry, that Paul Young did not really raise that money. Uh, most of that money came from Paul himself. So that really doesn't uh, fall under the premise of raising money. And then also, he called him out for uh, the fact that family members donated heavily to his campaign, and then people who were not in the district, which actually lives mostly in California, uh, are the ones who donated to his campaign, which was a, a small amount. I mean, the majority of his money came from himself. So he didn't really raise that money. Uh, he hasn't had any fundraisers. Mike's had plenty of fundraisers. But anyways, we saw the the fighter spirit come out a little bit right there. And I, I can tell you that that's only a tip of the iceberg. Well, one thing's for sure. Um, Mike seems to, to really know his stuff. And I believe you meant $273,000. When, when yes, I did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Uh, our listeners understand we're all just, we're all just human. But um, when it when it comes to Mike and his policies, is there any specific policy in particular that endears you to him? Well, there's many. Um, well, I view Mike as a true constitutional conservative, and I know that his value his values line up with the Republican platform, and that platform. It's very important to me that Republican candidates adhere to the Republican platform because it's that platform that defines us as Republican. That's why we are a part. Uh, we belong to the Republican Party, and um, I know Mike adheres to that platform, and it's pro-life. It's true equality. It's um, individual liberties, civil liberties. Uh, they, the Republican platform uh, coincides with everything that's in the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. Yeah, one thing I noticed about Mike is he is consistent in, in his values. I, I read that um, he was uh, instrumental in Livingston County becoming a um, Second Amendment sanctuary county. Um, and um, uh, he seems very genuine um, when you talk to him about these issues. <clears throat> so Mike was the only uh, eighth congressional 
candidate who attended every commissioner meeting to see that the 2A sanctuary resolution um, got passed in Livingston County. And um, he is still working with other counties currently to see that the 2A resolutions also um, passed in other counties in the state as well. Well, it sounds like he's not wasting any time, that's for sure. And that's showing consistency. When a candidate does that, it's showing that it really means a lot to him. Yeah. Yeah, Mike is very consistent, and he cares about the people. And that's the reason why he got into this in the first place. You know, he he's seen that, that you know, Michigan was, he moved away for a short time, right? So he was born and raised in Michigan. And when I say raised, I mean he was really raised in Michigan. He didn't leave Michigan until he was an adult. Um, and he left uh, to pursue some job opportunities. And then they discovered, uh, he, he and his wife discovered that the schools in that state weren't very good for uh, deaf children. And, and Mike has a son who is profoundly deaf who was uh, struggling with his education. So they moved to another state where his son could receive proper education. And he graduated with honors. Once that happened, he moved back to Michigan so they could be with their family here. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's when he moved to Howell. Is that right? right, right. And so Mike, when they, when they returned to Michigan, um, they said they saw that uh, Michigan didn't really compare to the rest of the states who had come back from the recession. And he just thought that was ridiculous because uh, Michigan uh, has so many resources here and it is the Motor City and it should be booming. And so he wanted to help make a change in the right direction. So he decided to run for state representative. But during the course of his uh, campaign as a state representative, uh, his supporters started to see something in Mike that they thought was special enough that they lobbied him to change his candidacy from a state rep race to congressional race and run against Alyssa Slotkin. And so... Uh, he made that change after some time for discernment. He he prayed about it and spoke with his family and, and then ultimately decided to run for Congress. All right, Cindy. Well, thanks for calling the show. I appreciate it. You know you're my first guest, right? No, I didn't realize that, but... I guess that's an honor. <laughs> well, thank you. And I hope you can um, call again sometime. Uh, you take care and have a good day. I sure will. You do the same. Hey, folks. Elections are expensive, and they take a lot of money to win. So go to www.elect. MikeDittmer.com and donate today. Your vote is important to us and so is your support. So donate today and help us defeat Alyssa Slotkin.
Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. I am Cannonball, your humble host. In this segment, we are in the straight talk portion of the show where you will get my opinion on a range of different issues. They may not necessarily be related to just the 8th Congressional District here in Michigan, could be national news or whatever I decide to talk about. Today I'm going to talk about the condition of the country and things that are going on and why I believe they're going on. It all goes back to Barack Obama and when he divided this country with his left-wing extremist policies. And make no mistake about it, Barack Obama divided this country to the point to where it's the most it's ever been divided since the Civil War. Barack Obama's Obamacare is the policy that I point to that did the most damage. It seems to me that everybody has forgotten or put off to the back of their mind that about 70% of the American people opposed Obamacare when Nancy Pelosi stood up on the podium and said that she had to pass it to see what's in it. Nice going, Nancy. Obamacare itself has affected millions and millions of Americans in a negative way. It didn't lower the costs. Obama promised it would lower our costs an average of $2,500 a year. It has not. In fact, it has tripled or quadrupled the cost of policies. And that doesn't even include the skyrocketing deductibles. Personally, my deductible went up over 850%. A lot of people that I talk to have $10,000, $20,000 deductibles, which are completely ridiculous. And what I don't understand is why would somebody even buy a policy that had a deductible like that? I mean, unless you get it for free, it's a total waste of money. Ten dollars or $20,000 deductibles are the same thing as not being insured, in my humble opinion. I have yet to meet anyone who has been positively um, affected by Obamacare. Everybody I talked to had their health care destroyed. Everybody, 100%. So how has Obamacare affected you? In upcoming episodes, I'll be accepting calls from callers so we can talk about Obamacare, its deductibles, and how much other damage it has done to the health care system. Not just with cost and deductibles, but did you lose your doctor? Did you get to keep your doctor? Did you get to keep your policy? See, these are all lies that were spread around by the Democrat Party, specifically Barack Obama, who told these lies over and over again. So it's no wonder the American people are divided. It is your host's humble opinion that Democrats orchestrated Obamacare for the reason of destroying the American health care system. But why would they do that? Because they knew that the only way to get you to support a national socialist health care scam was to destroy the health care system that we had that 80% of the American people were happy with before the Democrats invented Obamacare and destroyed health care as we knew it in this country. I believe that it was a ploy, it was a plan, 
that would convince the American people that the only way to fix our health care was to take a uh, government approach, a fascist approach, because that's what Obamacare is, textbook fascism, government control of private industry. It is also my opinion that the 08 market crash was designed on purpose to elect a Democrat president. I put nothing past Democrats. They are sinister individuals with an evil agenda. They don't love this country like we do. They don't pay tribute to this country like we do. They have no respect. You know, they kneel during the national anthem and take a knee. You know, they just don't honor this country the way it was founded. And I believe that their agenda is the new world order, one world government. And now the reasons why I support Mike Detmer over any of the other candidates running in this district to go up against Alyssa Slotkin in November. After reviewing all the candidates and after both of the uh, debate forums, Mike is just simply um, the best suited all the way around. Uh, he's from the district. He knows the district. He understands the politics here. Um, he's a quick thinker. He's sharp-witted. He's going to be the best one in the debates up against uh, liberal Alyssa Slotkin. But it's more than that. It's his policies. You know, I, I want to elect somebody I don't have to worry about. I won't have to worry about Mike ever becoming a rhino, stabbing us in the back, or selling us out. He's not a spineless jellyfish. In fact, he's the exact opposite. He is a tower of conservatism that the liberals will never break. And that's exactly what I want to send to Washington, D.C. Mike is strong on the Second Amendment. He's a fighter. He will push back against the constitutional infringements on the Second Amendment that liberals have already put into place. But it's more than the Second Amendment with me. It's about border security. You see, folks, recently, just a little over a year ago, I lost my daughter to a fentanyl overdose. And the Democrat Party is focused on getting President Trump. They have spent millions of dollars and wasted I couldn't even tell you how many man hours in the public's time on these partisan hack scams to undermine, overturn, overthrow, and remove the President of the United States from office. What they're doing is treason. It's not borderline treason. It is full-blown treason. It's an attempt to overthrow the President of the United States. They need to be charged for these crimes and removed for, from office is what needs to be done. Now, do I have any hope that'll happen? No, I don't. Uh, but they do need to be held accountable to the, to the most extent of the law possible or the biggest extent of the law possible. These Democrats and their agenda. Um, could you imagine if uh, the Democrats would have worked as hard to secure the border of the United States of America as they did to get President Trump, 
my daughter could be sitting right here next to me today. How many Americans have to lose their lives before Democrats stop putting partisan politics before what's best for the country? Liberal Alyssa told the truth once when she stood up at the Democrat convention and said, it's got to be party before country always. Melissa Slotkin tried to walk that back. Well, listen, folks, we know what the truth is. We know what's going on. Alyssa Slotkin is a leftist liberal, and she's loyal to her California donors. She doesn't care about this district. She was funded by California. She was funded by Bloomberg, and she was sent here to vote for impeachment. And her liberal policies prove that she is anything but a liberal. Okay, folks, that's it for today. I'm going to wrap this show up and we will save some of these subjects for the next episode. Well, thank you for tuning in and thank you for your time. My name is Cannonball and this has been Straight Talk from the Heart. Melissa Slotkin tried to walk that back. Well, listen, folks, we know what the truth is. We know what's going on. Alyssa Slotkin is a leftist liberal, and she's loyal to her California donors. She doesn't care about this district. She was funded by California. She was funded by Bloomberg, and she was sent here to vote for impeachment. And her liberal policies prove that she is anything but a liberal. Okay, folks, that's it for today. I'm going to wrap this show up, and we will save some of these subjects for the next episode. Well, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for your time. My name is Cannonball, and this has been Straight Talk from the Heart. What I want to talk about right now is what's going on in the country. And make no mistake about it. There's a lot going on, from the coronavirus to the attack on our Second Amendment rights to Democrats in general trying to tear this country apart, from identity politics to, you know, just the stupid things Democrats want to do, like putting men in the ladies' room or boys in, in the uh, school gym locker rooms at school. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable um, the things that we're hearing about or things going on in the country. Uh, we shouldn't be bothered with um, women whose trophies are being stolen from them in sports by guys who pretend to be girls. Uh, this is just ridiculous. And um, we need to do something about it. But make no mistake about it, folks. We are um, fighting for the heart and soul of our country. We are in a battle for freedom and liberty. Uh, the Democrats will turn this country into a totalitarian nation where you have no constitutional rights. They will tear down the entire Constitution. Uh, they don't just want to take your Second Amendment rights, but that's where it begins. You got to understand why we have Second Amendment rights to begin with, and that's 
in order to defend ourselves from tyranny and government. It was Thomas Jefferson that did say that the strongest reason for the American people to retain the rights to keep and bear arms is, as a last resort, to defend themselves from tyranny and government. But Democrats do understand. They understand that as long as you have the ability to defend yourself, they won't be able to take your rights away. But as soon as they start to erode the Second Amendment, their ability to infringe upon our constitutional rights uh, becomes paramount. Uh, they won't be able, or they will be able, to push forth on their agenda. And we wouldn't be able to stop them if we didn't have the right to keep and bear arms. Now, the Second Amendment is clear. And there's been a number of Supreme Court rulings that have backed up the Second Amendment. You have Miller versus USA. You have the Healer case. Um, I think it's Healer versus DC, the gun grabs. And there was the Chicago gun bans. And um, the Constitution is clear. The right of the people to keep and bear shall not be infringed. And, you know, I, want, I do want to get into more of the Second Amendment. And in a moment, I will, but I want to get this thought. Uh, through to you, and that is um, once those rights are taken away, and, and what they're trying to do is um, use the first part of the Second Amendment, which I haven't mentioned yet, and that's because there's a comma um, separating the two issues, and that is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, and there is a comma, and then the next issue is the right of the people to keep arms shall not be infringed. I consider them two separate issues. Um, just like when you dissect the First Amendment. You know, the First Amendment, uh, where uh, government cannot infringe upon your First Amendment rights. You know, uh, the no law shall be created. Hold on. They are as much two separate issues as, for example, when you um, look at the First Amendment. Uh, the First Amendment is Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people to peacefully assemble, and to petition the government for rhetoric of grievances. Now when you look at these, there's these issues, there are commas in between them. After the word religion, comma. After the word thereof, comma. After speech, comma. After press, comma. After assemble, comma. These are all separate issues, okay? Your freedom of speech isn't limited to a church. It's not limited to, uh, to uh, address grievances with the government. Um, you have freedom of speech wherever you go. The Second Amendment is the same way. Um, a well-regulated militia necessary to the security of the free state, comma, the next issue, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And the word infringed means uh, encroached upon or eradicated or, yeah, however you want to look at it. Um, you cannot try and lessen a right in, you know, if you do try and lessen a right, you're infringing upon it. 
the Second Amendment is clear. In Miller versus the United States, now this is a case I find very interesting because it's a case about a dead man. And I don't understand why um, a case about a dead man went on, went on in the court system, but it did. Right, and um, who Miller was, Miller was a man that robbed a liquor store. Um, in 1938, it all headed to the Supreme Court. I forget what year it was when the, he, when the actual robbery actually happened. But in 1938, it hit the Supreme Court. And the lawyers for Miller argued that um, the sawed-off shotgun that he used in the... Um, in the robbery of the liquor store was protected by the Second Amendment. The Supreme Court didn't buy it. Um, the Supreme Court ruled that, and I'm paraphrasing here, I, I can't remember an exact quote, and I don't have the case in front of me, but um, if I remember correctly, what the Supreme Court ruled in this case was that in order for the Second Amendment to protect a particular weapon, that weapon has to be a regular firearm, a normal firearm, something in use currently by the government or the military. So um, a shot-off shotgun is not used as a regular firearm by the American people. It is not used in government and is not used in the military. So the, um, the court rejected that argument by... But what they did when they rejected the argument on the sawed-off shotgun is they cemented what is protected. And that is a regular firearm that is in use by the government or the military. And they're in this case, something that is common, right? Which would be the AR-15, for example, which the um, left-wing extremist kooks are trying to take away from us. The AR-15, and AR means Armalite 15, um, was developed in the 1950s. It was sold in 1963 to the United States military. Um, the M-16 is what actually hit the military. It was fully uh, automatic. Um, the AR-15 is a semi-automatic sportsman's rifle. That's the difference. The M16 is a military version of the AR-15. They're not the same rifle. They have different trigger mechanisms. Um, I'm not sure if the M16 will shoot a 223 or not. I don't remember. It's, I've been out of the military too long. But, for example, my AR-15 will shoot a 223 or a 556. 556 is military issue. Now... As far as the M16 goes, it is protected clearly by the Constitution because it is a regular firearm. It is maintained and owned by millions of Americans, and it is in use by the government. Uh, police forces use it. Um, I don't think police forces are allowed to use M16s. I would have to double check on that. But as far as I know, uh, police forces cannot use an M16. They have to use a civilian model AR-15. Um, now, people like Joe Biden, idiots like that, are um, targeting the AR-15 because they um, rely on the ignorance and stupidity of people. Many liberals think AR means um, assault rifle, when in all reality it means Armalite. Armalite being the company that manufactured it. 
One thing about the Constitution that I've noticed is the Democrats oppose many parts of it. It's not just the Second Amendment. They also oppose freedom of speech, and they oppose freedom of religion. This is important, and I can back up these statements by um, talking about when somebody like Richard Spencer, who I disagree with, by the way, um, Richard Spencer um, is a left-wing extremist. Um, he calls himself the leader of the alt-right, the alternative right, and um, there's nothing right-wing about him. He supports uh, just about everything that the left supports, national socialist health care, government in, in control of the economy, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, but he has a right to speak, and I will support his right to speak, no matter how wrong he is. Um, he is protested at colleges. They won't, they won't allow him to speak. He's got, as a matter of fact, I think he has sued to speak in college forums more than anybody in American history. I, every time I turn around, I'm reading about him filing a lawsuit in order to speak in the public arena especially at colleges and I oppose that um, as much as I disagree with the guy but uh, that's what the Democrats do is they oppose our constitutional freedoms hey folks elections are expensive and they take a lot of money to win so go to www.electmikedittmer.com and donate today. Your vote is important to us, and so is your support. So donate today and help us defeat Alyssa Slotkin. Now, another thing that I just said was that um, the Democrats are opposed freedom of religion, and now I'm going to talk about Miss Kim Davis down in Kentucky. Kim Davis was a county clerk uh, somewhere down in the Bible Belt in Kentucky. She's a Christian, and uh, when the gay marriage thing was all coming through the courts, um, she actually wrote a letter before the case came through to her governor, can't remember who that was, but it was a Democrat, asking for relief because she thought that the Supreme Court might rule in favor of gay marriage, which I didn't, by the way. I, but um, she asked in that letter for relief because the state put the clerk's names on the marriage licenses, and as a Christian, um, she opposed having her name tied in with a same-sex or gay marriage and she is correct to do so um, there is no such thing as same-sex marriage or gay marriage in the Christian world there is only marriage and that's between a man and a woman um, and as a Christian and speaking as a minister um, I can assure you that Jesus Christ did say that Mary, that a man would leave a leave his his uh, parents and he would take a wife and they would become as one. So marriage is in as far as the Christian world a union between a man and a woman and anything else is just a lie. And Kim Davis didn't want any part of that and no Christian should. So um, she was right 
to um, ask to have her name taken off it. And everybody has um, has the right to decide what role you would accept or take and how far you would go into supporting um, something like this. Uh, we're told in 1 Timothy 5.22 to uh, uh, not put your hands in too quickly, to um, not take part in another man's sins. You know, keep your hands clean. And um, that means for the same reasons you wouldn't help somebody cheat on their spouse or you wouldn't help somebody rob a liquor store or you wouldn't help somebody um, maybe spreading lies um, as a Christian, uh, you also would not take part in something like same-sex marriage. And you have a right under the Constitution to do so. But Democrats oppose that right. They'll call you a bigot for doing it. Um, if you stand up for your rights and you oppose it, then you're, according to liberals, a bigot, which actually um, is incorrect. Um, the liberals would be the bigots here because they are actually discriminating against our rights as Christians right, to honor the word of God and live life as a Christian in this country. They are trying to force us into living in their world of sin. And we have a right not to. And that's quite clear in the First Amendment. Now to be clear about this, nobody is perfect. None of us live without sin. But it doesn't mean that we can't try. It doesn't mean that we get to choose our path to righteousness. We all sin by accident. We sin and we don't know it. The difference is, is we try not to. We avoid it. We know better. If we know it's a sin, then we stay away from it. Unlike them, we try. Politicians that have been in office for as long as Joe Biden need to be reminded that they work for us. We do not 
to have Beto O'Rourke lead the effort on gun confiscation. You're going to take care of the gun problem with me. You're going to be the one who leads this effort. I'm counting on you. I think Biden made a huge miscalculation when he threatened to strip us Americans of our gun rights. The Second Amendment was put in place to protect us from a tyrannical government. I have a message for the gun-grabbing politicians. Your belligerent behavior has no place in government. And you will never, I mean never, touch our guns. Why is it that the people who want to take away our guns know absolutely nothing about them? Hey, guns are they swore to protect. We are in a different era now. Challenging this opposition is not the way to win this battle, but rather opening our arms to the misinformed. We will win this battle not by belittlement, but by education. My name is Jerry Wayne, and I'm a proud member of the National Rifle Association. This podcast is in no way sponsored by the National Rifle Association. This message was brought to you by my choice for informational purposes only. Hi everybody, this is Cannonball back. The last segment was not an actual commercial. I did. I have not paid for that. Um, they are not my sponsors, but I aired that because I want you to know what's going on in the country. I want you to know what we're up against. See, we are fighting for the heart and soul of this country. We are at war with liberals and they want to take our constitution away from us from free speech to freedom of religion to the second amendment. All of those things, those three items, are a threat to liberalism. Because if you tell the truth about liberalism, it goes away. Freedom of religion is just another freedom they want to take away for the reason that you're putting something above government. Those of us who believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior hold him as the highest authority. There is nothing above him. Jesus Christ is our Savior. He is the Messiah. He is 
God. He's the Son of God. God in the flesh. There is no authority over him. And government doesn't like this. Government wants you to worship them, at least liberal government. Liberals think that the Constitution of the United States of America grants the rights to the people. That's actually the exact opposite of what the Constitution does. The Constitution is a contract between government and the people, and it is where government is contracted by the people. We're the bosses, right? The Constitution limits the powers of government. It doesn't limit our freedoms. It limits the powers of government. Congress shall make no laws. You understand? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay, these are examples of government powers being limited. Government powers are limited and few. But today in our liberal indoctrinated schools, they don't teach the truth. They don't teach that message. For example, can anybody out there want you to, to think real hard for a moment? Do you know the name of the largest church in Washington, D.C. before the 1850s? There was a certain building that was the largest church. Every Sunday, this building was a church. Do you know what it was? Okay, it was the Capitol building. Every Sunday, the Capitol building became the largest church in Washington. It's where everybody gathered. And they continued to do so until the population got so big that the Capitol building was too small to house the church members. 